This is the Prestigious Initiative. I am Chris Kent, and here with me today is Mr. Cole Potus. Hello, Mr. Potus. Hello, sir. Today, we have a remarkable guest, Steve Gamlin, who has had an incredible journey through various endeavors in his life. Steve, it's great to have you on the show, sir. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. So let's kind of start by delving into your life's journey. You've achieved some incredible goals, including being a radio DJ, stand-up comedian, author, and, and teacher. Can you mm -hmm. tell our listeners a little bit about your journey and how you've managed to realize some of your dreams? Yeah, the, the whole thing started when I was about 11 years old, and I get a few birthday candles on both of you. So this was the uh, the late 70s. wanted to be a radio DJ because there was a TV character named Dr. Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati. wanted to be an author of my own books because my mom instilled the love of reading and writing into myself and my sister. wanted to be a stand-up comedian because Steve Martin was huge at the time, and I thought, if I can get paid to make people laugh, that would be amazing. And I wanted to be a teacher of people because I had an incredible fifth grade teacher named Mrs. Farron, who, whenever I finished my work early, would encourage me to help out some of the other students. So essentially, she had me coaching at 11 before I even knew there was such a thing. And over the years, I've gotten to do all of these. When I was 24, I got into radio. When I was 35, I blew my entire life up, including radio career, <laughs> first marriage, and any shred of financial stability. And out of the ashes of that came speaking and stand-up comedy. And I did stand-up for seven years, been speaking, and then coaching got added in along the way. So here I am at 55, having done everything I wanted to do and took a little bit from every single thing. And this is the happiest, my favorite version of my life so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like you're, you've done all the things you wanted to do, and now you're just starting to do so much more. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And from what I understand, you've had your fair share of, of highs and lows, including a memorable golf day that really changed your life. Can you kind of talk about how that you overcame challenges and setbacks to uh, help you along the way achieving your goals? Yeah, that came about at the lowest point of my life, just a little over 20 years ago. That was after blowing up my radio career, first marriage, and being tens of thousands of dollars in debt without a full-time job because I'd worked 15 years worth of hours in 10 burnt myself into the ground. I was just numb. And I thought, well, hey, let's just jump out of a plane or go off the cliff like Wiley e. Coyote wearing some Acme rocket roller skates, if you're old enough to remember the cartoon. And that began a decade overall, but a couple of years of really brutal self-deprecation and not so much regret for what I did, but how I did everything. You know, I, I blew up my whole life without a plan. And in August of 03, I had $3 left in my pocket on a Friday afternoon. And I decided to take up my frustrations on a bucket of golf balls at a uh, mini golf course that had a driving range. So I went to the farthest tee box on the property because I'm a horrible golfer. I can hit it <laughs> far, just not accurate. And I didn't want to dent anybody's car in the parking lot. So I was under this whole row of steel towered power lines at the end of the property and I'm just hitting away, hitting away. And all of a sudden, a thunderstorm comes ripping through. And it was a good one. I mean, wind, pouring rain, thunder, lightning, everything. Everybody but me ran from the storm. And me just being so self-deprecating at the time, I held up the club and just looked up and said, I dare you. Go ahead. Take your best shot. Not mad at God, because some people have said you shouldn't challenge God. I was challenging the storm. I was not mad at God. And I hit my full bucket. 
and the buckets of two guys who'd run from the storm and never came back. So I'm just, I had all this stuff to be mad about. So I just kept hacking away. And when I got to my car, I opened the door and the rain stopped and the sun came out and I just started laughing because I thought it was hysterically funny that the second I'm out of danger, there's no more danger. And sure. The next day I'm on the phone with a brand new life coach that I just started working with. And he asked, how was your week? And I told him as funny as I could make it, the story of that one hour. And when he stopped laughing, which is something a coach shouldn't do when your life blows, <laughs> your coaches shouldn't be laughing. He asked, have you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or a stand-up comedian? He didn't know that those were on my list from when I was 11, but he heard something in there. And I said, yeah, both, but I have no idea how to pursue them. On his desk in the junk mail was a brochure for a local community college that had a comedy class that started two weeks later. And I was there. And he asked me about if I ever heard of Toastmasters. And I said, mm, kind of. And three weeks later, I was there. And that was the seed, the moment, the believing in someone else believing in me that launched everything. And as soon as I started doing both, this whole light came into my life. Now, it wasn't easy, and I was still self-deprecating for another 10 years after that till I learned that lesson. But it was the beginning of the journey out of the ashes. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. Well, not cool to be in that situation, but cool how you could find yourself <laughs> out of it. And, you know, you're talking about the story of being there and on the golf course and the storm and everything going on around you. And the second you you go to leave, then the storm stops. It just, you know, it's a, a, I'm sure you've thought about it and worked through it many different ways. But, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a powerful metaphor about how sometimes it's hard to see the end when you're in it. And then really the end is right over that next right after that next step or right over that next hill if you will so i'm sure that was you know really impactful and and helped move forward and it's also crazy that you can meet someone with that without even talking about it could see the the potential or the seeds for you to do things that you wanted to do your whole life and again it speaks to the power and how someone else can help you in that journey because like you said you just needed that one person to believe in you as well and that can help start you on that path that you've been thinking about for a long time there you know yeah he was actually the second person who got me to do that the reason i got into radio was i was 24 broken depressed i had a friend named danny who asked why didn't you ever pursue radio and out of excuses i did and that's what led to the 10-year radio career yeah and yeah. him and the coach were both named daniel and you know guardian angel daniel i looked it up the deliverer, deliverer of eloquence, confidence, skills, talent, musicians, artists, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these speakers, he's the patron saint. And I had two of them show up at the lowest points and uh, help me back up, kick me in the butt, get me out of the ashes. Yeah, really cool. Especially when you look into the significance of the name like you did and all that, you know, yeah. I wouldn't say it's coincidence, but it's kind of great. You can have those things along the way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Steve, you've created the Vision Board Mastery Learning Program. Mm -hmm. uh, can you share with our listeners the importance of visualization in achieving your goals and maybe how they can effectively use this technique in their own personal and professional lives? Yeah, most people hear Vision Board and they go, oh, I went to a Vision Board party once. Wine, cheese, crackers, scissors, glitter, glue sticks, <laughs> <laughs> poster boards, magazines, all that stuff. And we, we did a survey a number of years ago about vision boards. And the, the one that stood out was, I have a really hard time differentiating it from a fourth grade art project. 
I mean, that one, that one got me right in the chest. The reason that I teach what I teach the way I teach it is to help people understand, first off, where they are right now in their lives, their point A, and then really use visualization and some deep diving techniques that I've developed to determine exactly where they want to be in their life, not just better or more, but to figure out what they really want in their mind, in their heart, and in their gut, and to stop just showing up with what I call the vision board starter kit, a Lamborghini, a yacht, a mansion, a private jet, a helicopter, a big honking gold watch, and a bank vault full of gold bars. Too many people are writing letters to Santa Claus, thinking that's visualization and manifestation. What I help people to do is understand there are eight major areas of life, the way that I teach it. It's a standard life wheel that you can see out there. Google it and you'll find it. I've tweaked it to the way that I do it. It's not work-life balance. It's not just your personal life. It's your physical health, your emotional well-being, your relationships, the core values that guide every thought, word, and action that you put out there, your faith and spirituality, if that's an important part of your life, your connection to the world in a real way, your work and your money. And if you start to think about it, all the surface level stuff like New Year's resolutions and vision boards as art projects, what I work with people to do is to take a deeper dive into not just what they want to get, but who they want to become in all those areas of their lives, because all eight of those things are happening in and around us 24-7. So wouldn't it be a really good idea to have some say in the direction you want to head in? And that's the bare bones basics of what I teach with this. It's not just this, you know, glitter and glue stick art project that goes on your wall. It's a deep dive in yourself, who you are now and who you wish to be, even just one year from now. Don't do what the motivational speakers say, you know, 20 years from now, take massive action every day. Most people get scared and they fall back into their habits within a day or two. What I use vision boards and visualization to do is to see that best version of yourself and start inching your way, becoming a more confident version of yourself, developing better habits and knowing what you really want. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, speaks to the importance of visualization. And I like how um, just hearing that small description of it, you're starting from what you want to be, and then you can kind of work your way backward from there. Cause I think it's uh, kind of overwhelming sometimes to think of Hey, you know, what's my next step and not really having that end goal in sight and, and not being able to visualize the things you want in all those areas. And that's another thing that I think stops people from kind of achieving those goals is they don't have the direction. And so starting from where you want to end up ultimately and kind of working your way backward, uh, I think is a, a great strategy to, to kind of um, attack or start to work on those things in, in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah. So you've, talked about uh, visualization and having those different areas and things that you want. Uh, but I think we can both agree that uh, just visualizing is not enough. You need to take a little bit of action. Do you have any practical advice on how our listeners can turn their visions into concrete actions and to start getting results? Yeah, there's too many people out there doing that. You know, they just, they see this thing and then they're like, I'm manifesting. No, you're not. You, you Your butt and your couch cushions need to get a divorce. Because people do that every time the lottery hits a billion, they go, I'm manifesting a winning ticket. Did you buy one? No, nobody, ever, <laughs> I'll, I'll never win. Like, well, you're not manifesting. You're just writing a letter to Santa Claus again. Dear Santa, give me the winning numbers. The way that I explain it, and it actually came out of an incident that happened at my lowest point in my life. If you think, I don't know if you guys like uh, old wooden roller coasters, you know, like the classic ones from amusement parks. 
if you think about life like an old wooden roller coaster, now these things don't hold a lot of people. They tend to be a smaller ride. So you want to make sure you surround yourself with the best people who are A, going to enjoy the ride, and B, are going to have your back and, and support you that you're on this ride because they want to reap the rewards of it too. So you get in at parking lot level and you look up at the top of that first hill. Any one of your goals is up there. And then you got to remember this. Every single day, you've got to show up and you've got to go click, click, click. And some people that expect instant results are going to be severely disappointed that this ride can take a while because you've got to take every single step and not just instant result. You've got to do all the work and get acclimated on your way up so that when you get up there, you can look over your shoulder and go, wow, gosh, I can't come so far. I've already tracked so many results so far. I've developed better habits, confidence, consistency, momentum. All you got to do is everything it takes to get over the top of that first hill. And then you can celebrate a ride you couldn't stop if you tried because you did all the work and you hang on for dear life. You scream, you cry, you do whatever you do to celebrating that ride. And when you get to the end, if you really enjoyed the result of all that work, what do you want to do? Get back in line, hmm. go again. In every, this is something I encourage all the people I work with. Every time you get back in line to set another goal, look around yourself in your life to see if there's somebody who is right now where you were prior to going for it. And if they look scared and if they look nervous, you can say, hey, is this your first time setting the goal? Are you trying to create a better version of yourself? Yeah. Let's come sit next to me. Let me tell you a story on the way up. So we all get to not only create the wins for ourselves, but help other people in the process and in essence, coach people a little bit and help them out. And the more people you get around you that are success junkies, the better, because you're going to be with a crowd of people who understand the work it takes and that it's worthwhile work, not just snap your fingers and get a result. There's too many magic pills out there these days. And I think most of them create very disappointing results for people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like a couple of things about what you just said there. You know, number one, how uh, it's important to surround yourself with other people, whether that be coaches or mentors or or peers, friends that have same or similar goals and visions and, and uh, kind of mindset as you do to help you along the way. And then beyond that, I, I don't think I've ever thought, you know, when you're you're dealing with these goals and vision boards, what happens when you make it? to the end or you reach that goal or reach that then what do you do when what, what do you do well make new ones and start over again you know i think in my own personal experience with some uh, goal setting and vision boards sometimes it is that hey I, I have this idea of what i want and then i just think about it and i don't do it and i don't imagine that hey i can actually reach it and then once i reach it then i gotta start over again because i think that's a cycle you can get stuck in too is if you do end up taking action do end up achieving those goals that's just the end. Well, why not start another one? Why not go for more and continue that forward progress? And while you're at it, bring other people along the way. And you know, that's just another one of those uh, stumbling blocks in the way of reaching those goals. And it's great to hear that you have a strategy and plan and have a way to help people continue that progress and continue that forward momentum. Now, as you're talking about some of these things today, between the golf and, and the roller coaster just now, we can already tell that your storytelling, uh, storytelling style is very unique, and I would say it's absolutely engaging. Uh, do you have any insights on how storytelling is and can be a powerful tool for motivating and inspiring other people? 
first off, thank you for that. I, I truly do appreciate that. And I work, I try to make it look really effortless to be a storyteller, but oh my gosh, it's a lot of work, but <laughs> it becomes part of your wiring and who you are. And, and there's a, there's a phrase that's been around for a long time. Facts tell stories sell in a statistic. I actually heard yesterday on a broadcast the average person in the world reads and understands and it's fallen down to about a third grade level. So as a storyteller, what I do my best to do is explain these, what are very often difficult woo-woo concepts to people in ways they can understand, you know, and things that I've gone through in my life. And I hate the phrase, Steve, you got to dumb it down because that, that puts a bad view of, my audience and my client base. I'm not dumbing it down. I'm just sharing it in a way that I'm a regular everyday guy talking about something that can be a very challenging or difficult concept to understand in such a way that people can go, oh, if I do this, then this. Yes. And if I tell the stories from the bottom of the parking lot level, like really digging a hole under the parking lot, which is where I started over again 21 years ago, to getting over the top of the hill in such a way that I can show people, I did this. This is what happened. This is what it did for me. This is what I was able to achieve. These are all the people I surrounded myself with. And when I craft it into a story and put humor in as well, because that's a huge part of what I do. That way people can understand and also understand that they can do it themselves. You know, I, woo-woo is the thing I hear a lot. As soon as I say visualization, people go, oh, that's too woo-woo. I describe my style as blue collar woo, meaning because I come from a blue collar background. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to get all our materials. We're going to hammer things together. We're going to get our elbows deep in the dirt. We're going to do the work here to explain and show you how this all actually works. It's not as cosmic as you think it is. It's all just being magnetic and seeing opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And not only is st uh, storytelling important, when you're talking to other people, but I think storytelling is often uh, undermined or not thought about in the sense that we're telling ourselves stories every day. And so when we're thinking about our, our visions and our vision boards, our goals, things like that, we're trying to write our own story or tell ourselves a story about what's going on. And so do you think even the power of storytelling is important in our personal lives as we're trying to visualize and achieve the goals that we are kind of working toward? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've got my vision board upstairs on my, on my uh, wall, right above my desk. And it tells a full on story. You know, I, of all the eight areas of my life, they're all represented on there And the whole thing of what's most important to me goes in the center. Well, that's the first part of my story. And then every other part of my life I can weave through, even if I took a pen and drew through like, okay, here's the core values I want to have. I want to be open, honest, build great relationships, cultivate kindness with every conversation, be fun to work with as I go through this part of my life. And if I do this part of my life over here, the physical health, it makes me better at this part of my life. So it is one big story about how all of these things work together. And being a storyteller, it's, it's no wonder I wound up in this field, because I believe everybody has a great story inside them. And I think everyone has the opportunity to improve it and create a happier ending for themselves, whether it be one year goal, five, 10, 20 lifetime goal, whatever it is, there are too many people out there just grinding and grinding, and grinding with their heads down, don't even know their own story and what they even really want. Hmm. And their story just keeps dead end. The story doesn't even inspire them themselves anymore. And that's a shame. 
I, I know people my age who looked up when COVID made them work from home or they got lost their job or whatever. They looked up, shook their heads, and they looked around and said, is this all there is? I, I thought this was going to be a lot better if I just put my head down and worked for 30 years. They don't even know what they wanted or what makes them happy or fulfilled or successful or in love or healthy, whatever. So I believe wherever you are right now, start crafting your story. Yeah, absolutely. Start crafting it and then start putting in the work and taking the actions to make it reality for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Steve, your mission is to educate individuals and teams on how to be their best selves. Well, part of your mission. How can our listeners apply the principles of self-improvement and motivation to inspire themselves and others around them? If you stop and think every day, I mean, we have so many interactions every day, whether it's text, email, DMs, or, or in person or on the phone, whatever. If you stop and think of the choices you have every single time for an interaction about how to react or respond to things or just to reach out and connect with people all day, ask yourself after the next three interactions, was that the best version of me that just showed up for that? Could I have held the door for that person? Did I give that person, a, a, you know, my best, my best energy, a good emotion? Did I leave that situation better than I found it? And there's so many people out there that just, they're so quick to fly off the handle. Everybody's so angry these days. If you watch social media on any community uh, page, oh my gosh, it's like a van. It's like a circus train full of angry people crashed somewhere near that community. But if you really do want to improve, start to look at it as a situation by situation by situation, even moment by moment. Did the best version of me that would make me happy in my mirror just show up for that? And I've talked to so many people like, oh, I hung up on this person earlier today. Oh, I stole a parking spot from this person. I cut this person off in traffic and then gave them the finger. Think of every interaction as an opportunity to create a better version of you, like leaving a plus sign. Did you leave a plus sign or a minus sign? The people that really do want to improve are going to do their best to see the opportunity to leave a plus sign, even in some small way. And the more plus signs you stack up, by the way, you'll never run out because you own the factory, the better. If you are truly determined to create the best version of yourself, start to think in advance. All right, this next interaction, how am I going to show up for this? What energy am I going to bring? No matter what the other person does, am I going to be the best version of myself? And when you start to do that, I've gamified it. I've, I leave as many situations all day long as at least a little bit better than I find them in some small way. And it builds me up. And at the end of the day, I look back and say, I got to be a part of this, 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 and this. If you go out with that mindset, you might be amazed at what starts showing up in your life. Yeah. And people are definitely going to notice that because of your interactions and leaving those plus signs. And, you know, I think it's interesting that if everybody adopted that mentality, just imagine what the world would be like. It'd be 10 times better, a hundred times, a thousand times better than what it is now, but it has to start with us. We have to make that conscious decision ourselves. And, and I can guarantee, as you, as you said, when you start to do that, people will notice, and it might be the motivation to them to, you know, also kind of behave that way or think about things that way. Mm -hmm. And I like how you talked about gamifying it or thinking about it in your head of what you can do here and there. You know, something that I think of often is no matter what I'm doing, 
I try to leave a situation or a, a conversation or, you know, uh, a, a time of work or whatever it may be, I think to myself, hey, did I do the best I could? And if the answer is no, then I can do better. And if the answer is yes, I can still do better. And so that's kind of the motivation or the the inspiration I try to draw within myself of no matter what I did, we can always be better. And choosing to better yourself is a conscious decision, but you, it reaps tenfold reward from when you actually put that effort in and are conscious of how you're moving through life, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. hundred percent. And, and when you make it, the process fun, it, it'll blow your mind. What suddenly become your favorite moments of the day mm. when you reflect at the end of the day. Yeah. And I keep a gratitude journal for, of my favorite moments each day and not even broad brushing, just, you know, tomorrow morning, my, the first one is going to be, I got to be a part of this recording. So, <laughs> so hope awesome. you guys don't mind. You're going to be in my gratitude journal tomorrow. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Happy to have you here as well. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about uh, kind of ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and we've really focused on kind of the positive so far. And so I, maybe can you talk a little bit about discussing you know, the role of uh, fear and how personal professional growth and how all those things uh how to navigate that successfully, because I think we all deal with fear in many different ways, many different levels, and it's just a constant presence in our life, but it doesn't have to be something that's constantly holding us back. So uh, how does how does that play into our growth and how can we navigate some of that fear successfully? It can be pretty amazing what people are afraid of. You know, one of my biggest fears over the years was a fear of success that all of a sudden things were going to blow up and I was going to be so in demand. I was going to have so many people depending on me. I was going to be so crazy busy. I wouldn't get to relax and all that. And I, I actually would sabotage my own success because I was afraid that it was going to get too big and too crazy. So it's not always just fear of the bad stuff. Sometimes it's the fear of that best version of you. And, mm -hmm. and until you start working through these things saying, oh my gosh, why would I do that? It becomes a fear of the unknown. It becomes a fear that we may be not good enough, not smart enough, not attractive enough, not enough to live up to that. And there's a big part of that fear called imposter syndrome. And a lot of people talk about it in different ways. It's just that feeling that what the rest of the world sees about you isn't true. And oh my gosh, if they only knew the real you, then you wouldn't be successful. Like like Oz, you know, in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, this little guy yeah. pushing all the buttons to create this world that everybody else sees and, and admires and glorifies. And it's just this little insecure person behind there. So I worked through a lot of that stuff over the years. I was in the radio industry for 10 years. I wasn't on the microphone as a DJ until year number eight, only because I had to be. I was a really good off-air rock money show producer and a comedy writer, but I didn't have the confidence. I was afraid to be on the microphone because I didn't have confidence in my voice. And other people said, oh, you don't have a good radio voice. Now, I didn't have this voice when I finally did get on the air. It was a very awkward week of me trying to find my voice. And when I finally decided, hey, this is just me, all of a sudden that worked. So that was a fear. Uh, we have fears about money. We have fears about not being good enough for the people we're in relationships with. We can feel like the weakest link when we look around because we compare ourselves to people. Even if we're at step eight of our journey and somebody's at step 100, we get scared because we can't live up to that. Well, of course we can't. We haven't done all the work they've done yet. Mm. So as I started to understand it in all these ways, I just said, hey, this is the best version of me there is today. 
We're going to rock forward. We're going to click a couple more times. We're going to get closer to the goals. And you know what? I deserve to be here. And, and I believe it starts first thing in the morning with people, what they say to themselves and about themselves. So I've adopted something that Mel Robbins teaches uh, called the high five habit. First thing I do in the morning, I get out of bed at quarter past five, count five, four, three, two, one, put my feet on the floor when the alarm goes off, go in the bathroom, big smile, even though only one corner of one eye is open because the lights are so bright. <laughs> and I high five myself in the mirror first thing every morning. And I say, we got this. Let's go rock this day. Let's go have some fun. And not just a bunch of fluffy rah-rah. We got this. It's the best version of me so far that woke up today. So let's go do something to make tomorrow morning's reflection even better. Yeah, and I, I like to hear that you start your day that way with a with a positive habit. And it kind of makes me curious. Is there anything else that you do throughout the day that can help you uh, to center around your goals, to overcome some of that fear or just to keep in mind, you know, what is actually valuable to you? I connect with people in a real meaningful way every day, whether it's, you know, I come down here to the recording studio after my workout and I do a 10 minute meditation. Sometimes somebody will pop into my head and I'll just pop the microphone on and record a message. Hey, this is Steve. I happen to think about you just now. Hope you have a rocking day. And I'll send it to them on social media and direct message. Every single time they respond back, oh, brother, how did you know I needed that today? I said, I don't know. You just popped into my head. Now, all of a sudden, both of us are elevated for the day by one simple thing that took me maybe 30 seconds to put together. So when I connect with people, I feel less isolated. Even a simple thing like that, or I'll send a, take a silly picture to someone. I quit drinking uh, five-hour energy, one, two, three, 11 days ago. So a dear friend of mine who, who knows I've been drinking them almost daily for 16 years, I found a, a milk carton picture and it said missing. And I put a picture of five hour energy on it and I sent it to her. And she said, I just made her day, which makes my day. Mm. So connecting like that, especially when you feel isolated and start to talk yourself down, play a smaller game. That's the one of the biggest ways that I help myself out every single day is connecting with someone else's energy and cheering them on and then the energy comes back to me yeah awesome that's awesome especially because you already mentioned earlier about the the roller coaster and bringing other people on i think trying to do this all by yourself is can be difficult and so it doesn't have to be a mentor or a coach or someone that can directly guide you in a certain way but like you're saying connecting with anybody and and really putting yourself out there can be huge because like you said you thought of them and you said something that took you a few seconds and it, it made a huge difference in their life, which then brought you up too. And so that I feel like there's just a lot to benefit from there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now being part of the beach bum philanthropy, the nonprofit helping the homeless is truly admirable. How do you see the role of giving back and making a positive impact on others in one's personal and professional journey? I believe it's huge. It is absolutely one of the greatest decisions ever made in my life. And it's funny getting ready for this conversation. I have a stack of my old vision boards here in the recording studio. And I looked at one of the earliest ones and it just had the word volunteers with a bunch of little cartoon figures, all with their hands raised, holding signs with all the letters. And it went from that idea of at the time I would give 10% of every dollar I earned as a speaker back to a nonprofit. And I would allow my clients to pick the nonprofit in the middle of the event to show them how mm -hmm. easy giving was. 
And after a while, I thought, well, this is really good. I don't want to just do it for speaking. I want to make it a way of life. So my family and I got together at one of the holidays and filled a bunch of backpacks with a lot of items that homeless veterans needed. We have a, a shelter near our home. And that felt great. And we just said, well, that's Christmas. What do we do the rest of the year? And we just came up with this idea to just do acts of kindness consistently as part of our everyday lives. And somebody said, well, you need to give it a name. What do you want to be? And I just said, beach bum, because I just learned how to surf. And a beach bum is such a laid back, effortless, joyful lifestyle. So beach bum philanthropy was born. And then we just kept doing it and not being like some of these TikTokers and YouTubers who go, hey, here's me on camera giving a sandwich to a homeless guy. Ain't I awesome? We don't do that. We do our best to educate people on how simple giving can be. And then people started asking if they could donate money. And we were not a 501c3. So my sister, just about three years ago, did all the paperwork and made it into a 501c3 official nonprofit here in New Hampshire. So from this little picture on a vision board 13 years ago that said volunteer to now owning and being one of the founding members of an actual nonprofit that mm -hmm. serves to help other nonprofits in the area. It's been an amazing journey and it's probably the greatest thing I ever decided to do for myself personally and professionally. It, it's, it's just amazing. From peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, a stack of them to a homeless shelter to buying a stove for a shelter with moms and kids because the stove blew up and they had seven families in there who couldn't cook. Just you listen for needs and some of them are so simple, but it just feels amazing to be a part of it. That alone is a powerful story of, like you said, you start from one spot wanting to be the volunteer to ending up to the other point and you had to go from point to point to point to point to point or as you say, click, 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 click all the way up to that, you know, the top or wherever you are now and then restart and go again. And I'm sure that when you sat down 13 years ago and wrote down the idea of being a volunteer, you couldn't have imagined it would end up where you are now. But it just, mm -hmm. again, goes to show each step of the way and continuing to keep those goals in mind does produce that result, not only in that area, but in other ways. And I just love how that part of your vision board is again tied into connection with other people because you're going out there and putting yourself into the the paths of these people who who uh, uh, need a friend, need someone to be there with them. And sometimes that's not always uh, something that we think about going out of the way to do, but you were intentional about that and it made a huge impact. And that's just another awesome thing that's uh, part of your story. It's great to hear. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well. Uh, can I add on to that real quick? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, I was just gonna say, you know, clearly, looking after people and and taking care of them helps you and others to kind of get out of any slump that they may be in and increase your personal fulfillment as well. So that's also a, a really good beneficial effect that that has clearly. Oh, 100%. Some of my favorite conversations are actually at homeless shelters with people who, I mean, we're just known as the beach bums. And one of the directors said one time, he goes, you see all these people in here? Every time they hear the word beach bum, they light up because they know something good's going to come through that door. And it's probably still going to be warm <laughs> when they get it. As simple as making cookies. He said, look, if you weren't here, we'd be breaking a five-day-old Entenmann's coffee cake out of a foil pan. We're thankful to have it. 
But when the beach bums come in, they know something was made with love. And that the day I heard that, I think I went out in my car. I was really emotional over that one. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part of why we do what we do the way we do it. Yeah, for sure. Well, Steve, thank you for joining us in this incredible journey of personal and professional development. Uh, I want our listeners to remember that it's not about the challenges we face, but how we embrace them and transform our visions into a reality. Do you have any closing thoughts or final remarks for our listeners? Always remember the roller coaster. Ask yourself, what's the next click? What's the next click? What's the next click? But never, ever be afraid to look over your shoulder and realize how far you've come. It's not a it's not an ego thing to say, you know what? I'm getting better. Just stay on the journey and realize how much work you've already done and how much more you could do to create that best version of yourself. But it's just one click at a time. Yes, sir. And Steve, if listeners want to uh, contact you, get in, uh, uh, talk to you, or just find out more about what you're doing, where can they, where they, where can they uh, go to, to find out more about you? Everything nice and easy, all at my website, which is stevegamlin.com. And that's G-A-M-L-I-N. Yes, sir. If you found this episode valuable, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, sharing it with your friends and colleagues. As always, stay inspired and don't forget to make a positive impact in your community. Until next time, stay prestigious.